0: get fit guy to learn more welcome to the quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up my name is brock armstrong i'm the get fit guy and well it's winter here in the northern hemisphere and for many of us that means colder weather snow on the ground and darker and shorter days All of that added together can make us want to just hit the couch with a cup of coffee and a good book until spring rolls around. Or at least shift all of our workouts, exercise programs, and sporting events to an indoor setting. I don't blame you. I grew up in a place called Edmonton, Alberta, where the winter lasts 8 months of the year and it regularly gets below minus 22 degrees Fahrenheit. But there are many great outdoor activities available to us at this time of year, and many of them are only available at this time of year, and I think it's a shame to waste them. But I know what you're thinking. I need to get a good workout, and there's only so many hours in the day. I'm just going to hit the gym on the way home from work and call it good. Well, I'm here to tell you that despite the snow, the cold, and the potential lack of sunlight— you can still go outside and get a great workout and have some fun while you're at it. To that end, here is a list of some regular outdoor winter activities, along with some small alterations that you can make if you want to make it into much more of a workout. Okay, number one on the list is winter hiking. All you have to do is find a trail, a hill, or a mountain, strap on your hiking boots, and away you go. Winter hiking may be hard enough on its own, depending on how much snow there is where you live, but if hoofing along some trails in the nearest wilderness that you have isn't enough of a challenge, you can try putting something heavy in a backpack, like a few books or a dumbbell or a kettlebell or even a rock. And if you have a weighted vest or some of those wrist and ankle weights, this is the perfect time to bust those out. Piggybacking a child or a small adult can also turn an uphill hike into a grueling workout if you're so inclined. Um, Pun intended. The muscles used during a winter hike are the quadriceps, the hamstrings, calves, gluteals, abs, and the hip adductors and abductors. Number two on the list is snowshoeing. Sure, you look like you're wearing tennis rackets on your feet, but this is a time-tested and science-backed technique to traverse the snowy trails. Now, if you haven't snowshoed since you were a child, you may want to spend an hour or so getting used to them before you try anything too wild. But if you're already an adept snowshoe aficionado, one of the most exhilarating things that I have ever done is descending a reasonably steep hill at near breakneck speeds in snowshoes. Now, the trick is to get yourself into what's called a flow state. And I'll put a link to our very own Quick and Dirty Tips Savvy Psychologist Podcast all about flow states. Just go to getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com and look for episode 369. Now, once you're in a flow state, don't think. Just keep your feet moving and never second guess your next footfall. If you hesitate, that is when you'll end up, well eating snow. The good news is, if there's a layer of fresh powder, well, that'll cushion your fall. Now, the muscles used in this one are the quadriceps, the hamstrings, the hip adductors and abductors, and hip flexors. And if you're using some poles, you can also add pectorals and latissimi dorsi to that list. Our third winter activity is cross-country skiing. Now, okay, for those adrenaline junkies out there, cross-country doesn't really seem like skiing at all, I get it. But if you can turn that need for speed off for a few minutes, you will likely see this as a lovely and challenging way to enjoy the great outdoors. In my opinion, the best heart rate raising cross-country skiing happens when you are breaking the trail. So get out there in front of the group, get off the trodden path, and break trail for yourself and your friends. The deeper the snow, the better the burn, and that can turn a lazy ski afternoon into a true workout. The muscles used during this one are the core, hamstrings, quadriceps, gluteals, leg adductors and abductors, pectorals, triceps, rhomboids, rear deltoids, biceps, and gastronemias. Our next winter outdoor activity is the Polar Plunge. And yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. You find a natural body of water, like a lake, a river, a stream, or a creek, and you chop through the ice, if necessary, then strip down to your skivvies and jump in. Is there any better way to ring in the new year? After all my talk about cold exposure being so good for you, why not take the plunge? And for added benefit, try staying in a little longer than you are quote-unquote comfortable with. Get a good shiver going before you run back to your warm, dry clothes. And then, instead of huddling around a fire or an electric heater to warm up, try some burpees or some jumping jacks and use your own thermogenesis to warm you up. Now, the muscles used in this one are, well, willpower, grit, and gumption. The next activity on our list is sledding. Get in touch with your inner 10-year-old self and hit the slopes on your butt. You can think of it like doing hill repeats, but with a much more exhilarating descent. And you can take sledding to the next level by making the other adults on the hill look like lazy chumps, sipping their Starbucks and staring at their phones And you can do this by running up the hill each time instead of the, well, traditional trudge that we usually do. For bonus points, invite some kids to add some weight to your toboggan by giving them a ride up the hill. Depending on the size of the kids and the size of the hill, this could be quite a workout. The muscles used in this one are the vastest group of the quadriceps, hamstrings, gluteals, hip flexors, and soleus. Now, sticking with the 10-year-old self theme, the next activity is building a snowman. Okay, if you've rolled a 2-foot-high snowman butt around your yard before, you know how much of a workout that can be. Well, how about using the snow from your neighbor's yard too and turn it into a 4-foot-high snowman bottom? Or head to the local playground or school ground and use their snow as well? We're talking some record-breaking snowman assembly here, and I can't imagine anyone getting upset at you for stealing their snow. I mean, it'll save them having to shovel it later, right? The muscles used in this one are abdominals, erectors, rotaires, gluteals, quadriceps, hamstrings, calves, hip adductors, and abductors, upper back, and much of your chest. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, after you've gathered up all that snow for making a snowman, you probably need to do our next activity, which is shoveling the walk. And this is a great wintertime workout that also helps out your neighborhood. Most cities have bylaws that insist that snow gets cleared within 48 hours of a snowfall, so why wait? Clear the walks and burn some calories. Now, shoveling on its own can be made harder by waiting longer before you engage in that throw part of the shovel activity. Also, you can make sure to keep the workload even by changing hands on the shovel every few minutes. If you aren't already an ambidextrous shoveler, well, you will be soon. The real benefits kick in when you do more than just your own sidewalk. Why not make everyone's day by getting out there early and clearing as many sidewalks and driveways as you can before you make yourself late for work? And if you aren't putting yourself in danger of frostbite or hypothermia, try incorporating some aspects of a shiver walk by going out in some shorts and a t-shirt, along with, and this is very important, a good pair of winter gloves, boots, and a hat so you don't freeze your extremities. Now the muscles used in this one are quadriceps, hamstrings, gluteals, biceps, triceps, and well pretty much all of your trunk and core, especially the external obliques and multifetus. Our next one is a favorite of mine, it's skiing or snowboarding. I mean, is there any better way to enjoy the winter season than careening at breakneck speeds down a mountain? Okay, for you, it might be all about the apres-ski beverages in the chalet, but for many of us, swishing down the slopes is the closest that we will ever get to flying. Need to beef it up? Well, this could get dangerous pretty fast, so let's not get carried away adding in some weighted vests or blindfolds or something crazy. Challenging yourself with a harder-than-usual run is a great way to start the day, but as your legs get tired and the sun starts to set... There's nothing wrong with taking it easy and dialing it back from black diamond to blue square or green circle. Getting a good workout tomorrow is a lot easier if you aren't in a cast from your hip to your ankle, right? Now, the muscles used for skiing and snowboarding are plantar flexors, dorsiflexors, transverse abdominal, multifetus, external obliques, rectus abdominis, anterior compartment, quadriceps, hamstrings, and gluteals. And while we're talking about my favorites, the next one is ice hockey. Hitting the rink indoor or out with your friends or some local rink rats is a great way to get a workout and have some fun at the same time. I mean, who knows, your competitive side may just come out and lead to some unintended victories as well. If simply skating hard and deking out all your friends isn't enough, you can challenge yourself by being both offense and defense, I mean, if it's a true game of shinny and no one's really playing positions anyway. You can also get more of a workout by extending your shifts, but don't be that hog who never lets his teammates have a turn. The best way to make a game of ice hockey more challenging and a better workout is to play with, or against, people who are clearly better than you. I mean, nothing makes you step up your game like getting scored on repeatedly. Now, the muscles used in this one are adductors brevis, longus, magnus, and pectineus, obliques, rectus abdominis, erector spinae, hamstrings, quadriceps, gluteals, and hip flexors. And while we still have the skates strapped on, our next one is plain old ice skating. You don't have to have a stick in your hands and a puck on the ice to enjoy putting on the old skates and letting loose your inner Brian Boitano. We've talked a lot so far about adding weight to our body or to something that we're pulling, so now it's time to talk intensity. The best way to increase your VO2 max is by doing 8 to 12, 600 to 800 meter all-out speed, or power skating efforts. For VO2 max workouts, the workout to recovery ratio should be in the range of 1 to 1 or 2 to 1. If your recoveries are too short, then your subsequent efforts will end up being slower than optimal, and you will need to cut your workout short. So, Grab your measuring tape or just eyeball it and a stopwatch and see if you can give Boitano a run for his money. The muscles used in this one are soleus, gastronemius, anterior shin, the tibialis anterior, quadriceps, hamstrings, gluteals, abdominals, and extensors. And the final winter activity is a good old snowball fight. How? On Earth, could I have a list of winter activities and not include a snowball fight? I mean, seriously, those of us who grew up in a snowy locale have been having these our entire lives. Is there anything more natural than grabbing a handful of snow and chucking it at your sibling or your best friend? I don't think so. To take a regular snowball fight to the next level, Move it out into a wide open field where you have nothing to hide behind but your own cat-like reflexes. Depending on how accurate your opponent is, this can keep you dancing and dodging until you collapse. There's also some good science around the benefits of using your non-dominant hand for activities like this. The studies actually show that when you use your dominant hand, only one hemisphere of your brain is active. But when you use your non-dominant hand, both hemispheres are activated. And they speculate that doing this repeatedly could result in actually thinking differently and becoming more creative. The muscles used in a snowball fight are your visual cortex, your nervous system, your quadriceps, hamstrings, hip adductors, hip abductors, gluteals, interior and external obliques, rectus abdominis, erector spinae, deltoids, pectoralis major, latissimus dorsi, and biceps. Alright, there you have it. Whether you feel like you're battling seasonal affective disorder, or you're just getting a case of the winter blahs, I bet it's at least partially a result of not getting outside and enjoying yourself. Don't let the length of winter force you inside with the windows closed. There are so many benefits to being active outdoors. It's a great way to boost your metabolism and burn some calories, and plus, the fresh air makes us feel alive again. Just make sure you dress appropriately for the climate, and I'm confident you can find both a way to enjoy winter and get a good workout at the same time. Now, for more information, winter tips, or to correct my pronunciation on all those muscle groups, Head over to facebook.com/getfitguy or twitter.com/getfitguy or go over to getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. You can leave me a message at any of those places and I promise I will respond. Now my name is Brock Armstrong and I'm the Get Fit Guy. Asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit.